Hi, my name is Michael Poli, and I've never seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer. My friends are obsessed and always make jokes and references to it. And so now, 20 years later, I've been convinced to watch the show from beginning to end, one episode a week. I'm a Buffy virgin. Hello and welcome to another episode of Buffy Virgin. My name is Michael Poli. I'm the Buffy Virgin. I've only seen up to season three, episode three of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. But uh, I've only seen up to season three, episode three of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Faith, Hope, and Trick. On the show today, uh, the regular crew here, uh, minus John, but we have Dennis St. John, a horror comics cartoonist. Hey, guys. And Travis. Hey, everyone. And, uh, oh, quick aside, guys. Uh, we want to make sure we're laughing on this show, apparently. So uh, don't people cut your... like the laughter. That's important. You know, like the, you know, on shows when there used to be laugh tracks. Apparently, people get their that now from podcasts. So the programming that tells you what's funny or not, like, yeah, please, if there's anything to laugh about, please laugh and don't mute your microphones. We normally are having a good time, but that should come across better, I guess. We we have been muting our microphones for the past, you know, year. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I, if you're typing or something, maybe mute it. But, you know, don't stifle those laughs, guys. Let them out. Uh, I might cut that section. Probably not. All right. So we have uh, the summary. That's how we start. And then we'll get into lines, weird noticings and trivia, questions to the group, themes, deep stuff. Uh, John's not here, so I don't know how deep we'll get into predictions. There's at least one prediction that we know for sure. Uh, I messed up on, uh, and then we'll get into kill count recommendations. Cool. So let's get started with the summary. Things might actually be looking up for Buffy. The gang is all friends again after last week's cathartic slaughter. There's a boy she might like, Scott Hope. Giles is working on a binding spell for the Demon, and despite Principal Snyder's best attempts, she's back in school for senior year. Yes, if it wasn't for those pesky reoccurring dreams about her rotting boyfriend, things would be five by five for B. But oh, What's this? There are new vampires in town, and they arrive in style. Mr. Trick and Coquistos, or is that Kissing Toast, drive through the local Happy Burger and chat about their plans to kill the Slayer, rip her spine out, devour her heart, and suck the marrow from her bones. Mm, delicious. I wonder what the limo driver thinks is going on back there. But what Slayer are they talking about? Because guys, get this. There's a new Slayer in town. It's Faith. Faith. So, Faith has only been a Slayer for like three months, but she's already had a shit ton ton (laughs) of adventures, like wrestling gators and saving preachers while naked. They say Faith is blind, but that preacher got an eyeful. (laughs) Uh, B is just trying to get her normal life started up again, and suddenly she has this super hot, crazy Slayer that everyone loves to deal with. Well, deal with it, B, because Faith is awesome. Even Buffy's mom thinks so. What a nice new Slayer friend you made. Wait, that means you died? Uh, so Buffy also isn't sure if she's ready for a new hope, Scott Hope. Like, he tries to be charming, but then he just randomly gives her the same engagement ring her corpsey ex gave her. You might be digging your own grave there, Scotty. Okay, so turns out Kokotos is an ancient Greek vampire, and he's in the Dale to kill Faith. And she's in town to run from him after he murderized her watcher. Faith has issues also. Like, a lot of issues. But you know what helps Slayer deal with those issues? Murdering monsters. 
The Buffy and Faith combo toasts Coquistos with a double XL steak from Home Depot. But Mr. Trick has another trick up his sleeve. It's called walking away from the fight. A brilliant stratagem that means he survives. After Buffy helps Faith confront her inner outer demons, Buff has a demon to confront of her own and tells Giles the truth. That Angel got his soul back before he died. Now she thinks she's ready to move on. Have a little faith and hope. And have fo- hope for faith. And to put down the clotter ring. The end. Oh, wait. Guys, what's that light? What's this rumbling? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whose butt is that? Angel? Is Angel back? Guys, I think Angel's alive again. Oh, so- that was really fun. I actually thought it was over too, and then I was <laughs> so fun surprise. But Angel's back, guys. Oh man, is he? Is he back? Can't wait for how this will turn out. I already saw season two. Do I have to watch season two again? Is that what's happening in season three? They're just trying to make a make it make uh, good on all the stories they wrote that you know they didn't get to finish. Man. No, I mean, I is, Jenny, is Jenny Calendar going to come back? I mean, that's no, no, she's not. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently, Joss Whedon likes working with uh, David Boreanaz, so he'll be back for sure. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's start with great lines. Uh, Travis, Dennis, I even got some this one, this time. So let's go <laughs> for these uh, great lines. Of course, your best impressions here from uh, this episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. All right, so I'm, I'll be Buffy and Mom. The only way you get another Slayer is when the old one dies. Wait, you died? When did this happen? I'm so not okay with this. <laughs> Joyce. That's like an a brutally awesome, awesomely honest kitchen scene. Where you yeah, go, I like that it also just one. kind of comes out of nowhere. Like, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah this <laughs> this wasn't something Buffy planned to tell her mom. It just like fucking comes out. No, no, uh, no planning at all for that. And, oh, just so good. All right, I got, uh, uh, you both kill vampires, and who could blame you? But what is your position on werewolves? Uh, From Oz. Yeah, Uh, that's a a fun moment. And then I have, uh, there are only two things I don't believe in, coincidences and leprechauns. (laughs) (laughs) Who has that line? Is that? uh, That's Buffy. That's Buffy. That's Buffy, that's right. And then we talk a minute about. Buffy throws it at Giles. Yeah, uh, and then um, a five by five li- B living entirely large. <laughs> uh, faith. To, we should talk about Faith's accent. Her Boston accent breaks through all the time in this episode. It is crazy. Is that yeah. where she's from? Boston? Boston? Yeah. It's weird because it's, I guess, a real Boston accent as opposed to like a, mov- a, mo- a movie Boston, Boston accent because it almost hits like Canadian notes at times, you know? Because, like, New England is actually pretty close to Canada. It's, like, and the it's Boston. weird because it's, like, an honest Boston accent as opposed to, like, the cartoonish ones that we're more used to hearing from, like, actors. Yeah, so it's got, like, weird inconsistencies that you wouldn't expect that are, like, that are, that are not so, you know, op- that, op- that aren't typical, I guess, for TV. And then for mine here, um, I chose the most uncouth quote because I thought, why not? I saw that little half smile, you little slut. Uh, <laughs> Hilarious moment from Xander on the on the picnic blanket there. Uh, yeah, that one like totally totally deserves that punching he gets for that. Yeah, I love that punching. 
I mean, the half smile is really a funny conversation. And then, you know, about like this little thing that you do with your face and like your all mouth. this weird, all your mouth, right? And there's all this weird sexual implications around it. And then, uh, <laughs> you know, when Scott walks by, whatever, uh, it was a funny little scene. And then um, the other line from Scott, Keaton's key. Uh, apparently inviting Buffy to the Buster Keaton movie marathon. Uh, would you yeah. would you attend the Buster Keaton movie marathon? Hmm. Hard to do in the Netflix era. Anyway. <laughs> so let's start with weird notices. This is a birthday yesterday. Right? Oh, was it Buster Keaton's birthday? Yeah. Just a random yesterday, which, or two days ago, maybe, which, um, is meaningless because we're Friday or Saturday. Friday, I think. Yeah. Yeah, meaningless because this will come out on a Tuesday, hopefully. If uh, Tuesday at eight p.m. <laughs> if uh, I figure out the video editing side, it, it's a little bit. It just adds a little bit to figure out like how I'm going to do that too. But we will get it done. So I will start right into weird noticings. Um, I love the evaluation of Scott Hope. Uh, whatever that scene, it's a it's a blast. Like the uh, Willow kind of picking apart, you know, how Buffy should approach him, Buffy being concerned. And then like he walks by, there's like literally no dialogue. And then the immediate like, Oh, I think how'd that go? That went great. <laughs> Which felt very yeah. true to life <laughs> with how humans interact. Yeah. I like that whole scene. Like it seems almost out of place even for Buffy because like it's a picnic scene in this <laughs> crazy world they live in and everybody's friends in this moment. It's pretty nice. And yeah, it does feel like it's more true like to high school experience. Except, except Buffy's this rebel who's got kicked out of high school. <laughs> but still showing up for picnics. Still showing up for picnics, which is awesome. I mean, it's a, such an adorable scene where Willow's like being all feisty and like, I'm not going to step off. I can't, I can't. And then they, Xander and Oz pick her up and, and get her going and, and she keeps walking and is super happy. And, uh, just yeah. such I'm adorable. sure... I'm sure also she skipped out of school before for slang reasons, right? Oh, totally. Yeah, but they're they're still on school grounds. They're not like leaving the school to go get lunch, but Willow's still concerned. I just Uh, don't understand. This this whole plot point of of Buffy and Scott just comes out of nowhere. I've seen this series a friggin' dozen times. <laughs> and even I can't remember, like, what the hell is this all about? Scott's not from another episode. It's just, here's Scott. He's the it's new just, guy that's into yeah. you. It's just like, yeah, this is the new hope. This is Scott. I'm just like, who the hell is this person? Yeah, so that's kind of your next point here, right? That's like, why is Willow shipping the Buffy Scott thing so hard? And like, I don't know. It does come out of nowhere, but it, feel, it feels fine. Like, she needs some drama in her life. And uh, especially if uh, Angel's going to reappear, it's really important that she uh, fall hard for someone else. Yeah, it's, it's... I mean, I'm jumping ahead to the very last thing that happens in this episode, but it's so huge. It overshadows everything else. I mean, I guess Scott is more interesting. Who is, who is that really boring guy from season one? Um, I feel like uh, Owen? Like Owen. Yeah, and I was like, it's, a, it's like a, this generic name like Scott. Owen. Yeah, but Scott's way more interesting. The actor they got to play him is like he he, yeah, he does some stuff with it. Yeah. So yeah, he seems uh, like more like I feel like Owen was written to be this type of character, but the actor couldn't couldn't pull, like, it, off. Couldn't pull it off. So <laughs> a genuine sensitive type. Yeah, and that own character was whack. 
But I feel like you could kind of step in. You, if you, at this point, you could watch two seasons of Buffy step in and figure out how to play the character based yeah. on this world. Yeah. Like, hey, uh, just do kind of what Xander does, but a little bit more muted between Xander and Oz. Got it? Cool. <laughs> Got that's, it. That's yeah. what, definitely. That's a really great observation. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, Dennis, you've got Picnic Buffy and then uh, Buffy back in school. You want to talk about yeah. this? Uh, well, we've already talked about the picnicking, uh, but Buffy is back in school. Um, Joyce and Buffy get have a scene with Snyder where they kind of are on the same team and tease Snyder. Uh, you know, Buffy has a pretty big like zing on him where it's like, it's kind of like calling your whole ability to do your job into question. And then Joyce is like, ha ha ha. <laughs> Uh, but I wonder, you know, they say it's the school board, but last episode we saw Giles, like, physically threaten Snyder. I wonder if it's, if that, like, contributed to Buffy getting back in school or if that was just a random threatening from a high, from a high school librarian to his principal. It, it feels random to me because this is a complete reversal from what happened in the previous episode where it seemed like maybe might draw out the suspension or expel, the expulsion, expulsion for years. Or like for a long time, and then uh, nope, reversed another episode later, like, and then Snyder does say there's like a list of things for her to do. Like she has to go see a counselor. She needs to get a teacher besides Giles to approve of her being in school. Like mm-hmm. that, it doesn't feel like the Giles thing matters. But then there's this weird moment where it's like at the end of that conversation, where it's like Snyder, the mayor's on the phone, and he's the like, mayor. It just has that like deer in headlights look. So it's like, I don't, yeah. this scene is so confusing. There's so much red herring about future shit that has to happen. But he has to befriend another teacher. There's counseling sessions. It's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> there's so much shit going to happen now. Yeah. And also in this episode where there's already like two new characters being introduced, a villain being introduced, like throughout the background, Buffy is also continually taking tests. Right? Because, like, they needed one more thing for her to do. <laughs> She's always being like, just came back from my history test. Just came back from my biology test or whatever. Like, this is just such a packed episode. Yeah. To, to me, Buffy and uh, Joyce act so mother-daughter when they're both taking on Snyder. It's a, it's a, you can be like, oh. And you're like, oh, yeah, this is Buffy and Joyce. Yeah, that's a Classic fun scene. Yeah. So uh, I've got, like, three things in a row here. Um, so me. we will in a sec. Uh, the fast food metaphor uh, of employees for our fast food for vampires is not lost on me, folks. When no. a trick goes to the fast food joint and orders a Diet Coke and then pulls an employee out a window. It's an awesome, like, surprise. And then, I, of course, later he orders a pizza guy to deliver, delivery <laughs> to his guys to feed them. It just puts on that, like, massive glove. <laughs> I want to say two things about that drive-in scene, drive-through scene. That medium soda that is handed to him is clearly empty. Like that is the, <laughs> it's so light. Um, and that happy burger dude is like the most disturbing looking mascot. Uh, that is clearly not like a mass manufactured mascot, but he looks like he could be like the basis for um, Gene Belcher <laughs> for Bob's burgers. Oh, I'm not a Bob's burgers watcher. But everyone tells me I need to. But yeah, it's amazing. I'm a Bob's. I'm not a Bob's Burgers virgin, though. Okay, I've seen a few eps. All right, <laughs> I know what I'm in for. I bet it wasn't Double Meat Palace. That would have been. Yeah, it'd be awesome. No, we should keep track of the fast food options in Sunnydale. Right, we you know they have um, hot dog on a stick. Yes, and Happy Burger. Happy Burger. Uh, double meat. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. I'd like to. We could definitely create merch around that. 
that'd be what maybe what our podcast does is like uh, Chris sells uh, fast food uniforms to these uh, made up places. Uh, kidding. That's not a good way to make money. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so tricks, big picture thinking reminds me of spike. So like in that scene in the car, he's talking about like how Sunnydale has the highest rate of uh, deaths. You know, they did a study. <laughs> I feel that yeah. as a viewer. So I'm glad that, you know, that's shown an actuarial table or however he does research. And it just reminds me of, you know, Spike and then the way that Spike teams up with Buffy in order to take out Angel, who wants to end the world. That whole relationship between Trick and then, uh, I guess, what's the Kakista? Whatever his Taki- name of the... Taquitos. Yeah. Taquitos. Taquitos. <laughs> uh, where it's like, Taquitos is like, must destroy Slayer. And Trick's clearly so much smarter than him and is like looking after the future of himself and maybe just himself and a couple select employees. But... I don't know, just that that's character reminds me of Spike a bunch. And I hope that, in my prediction, I think that he and Spike should team up. And they will, but uh, we'll get there, I guess. Uh, so, Travis, you the next thing? Oh, yeah, sorry, Faith. Let's talk about Faith. Uh, one other thing here. Uh, Faith's sexuality making Buffy uncomfortable? I love that. <laughs> yeah. The hanging out in the bronze. <laughs> uh, great introduction for Faith. And all, yeah, she's pushing Buffy in a way that none of the other characters do, right? Like, and part of it is she has like some internalized stuff similar to Buffy because they're slayers. So she could be like that line about like slaying always makes you hungry and horny, right? B. <laughs> it's like, right, B. This is shit. Buffy is not going to admit to her friends. Like <laughs> not at all. <laughs> yeah, she's a huge prude. I, you know, it comes across when Faith's around. So Travis, you had a couple things here about the bronze scenes. I mean, uh, Faith's a good foil. I mean, we'll probably just talk about Faith a lot. Okay. But I mean, the introduction of Faith reminds me of Buffy season one, episode one in the bronze when she like IDs a vamp because their clothes were 20 years out of style, right? That's kind of yeah. like- Also, I, I really like the subtle visual introduction of, of Faith and the 70s vamp by like just quickly panning past them to get to Oz and Willow making out. Like, yeah, it's all this PDA. Mike, did you, um, did you think, who do you think was the vamp? What do you think it was going to be? Faith or the guy? Or wait, I guess they do play it up like the guy's going to be the vamp. Did you, did you guess like Faith's going to be a slayer? So I know that Dushko is in this show. And so I recognized her from her hair. Like just like when they ran across the room, they like hide who it is. But I was like, oh, this is her. She's on this show now. Uh, but I didn't know what character she played or anything until this. So like, I just know that she's like a Joss Whedon regular. Cause when Dollhouse came out, my wife was like, oh, it's a, it's Eliza Dushka. <laughs> my wife sounds way different from that as well. Yeah. She's yeah, like, she it's Eliza Dushka. She doesn't sound like that. Grover. <laughs> the cookie monster. I'm not sure which. But she sounds speak. like a regular lady. That was a bad, no, bad impression. It, it was, yeah. But, but so, like, were you, uh, was, were you surprised that they threw another Slayer in the mix? Yes, I was because, I, I have, so I have a bit about this here. I'll just jump yeah. to it. Yeah, jump so, to it, so I assume that Faith is a slayer because Kendra died, which mm-hmm. was something like three to four months ago in Buffy world time, maybe six months. But like Kendra died, so that triggered another slayer. And so stuff about Faith. So uh, she has a ton of stories about slaying. So she's been doing it for like three months, right? Yeah. I said that in my summary also. Like she, yeah, <laughs> that's way too many stories. Um, or I mean, I guess we only hear two stories, which could reasonably happen. But, like, I don't know. It is just funny. Like, obviously, Buffy has way more, like, slang experience 
but uh, when push comes to shove, she can't remember any good slang stories. Right? She's, not, she's not a storyteller. I mean, I remember. Yeah, she was like, you guys remember the three, and the three were like the <laughs> one of the least interesting encounters. Yeah, it's it's kind of rad. Yep. So, so it's like obviously she can't mention Angel because she's not ready to do that. But the f- the first thing she comes up with in her head is like the three. This <laughs> this group of vampires I encountered one time, and then they killed themselves. Uh, that none of you guys even had to deal with. But like she doesn't even think to mention the master. Yeah, or like the puppet, the, the weird puppet. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she had all these weird Frankenstein. I don't know. You're right. Well, I think our stories are less triumphant than Faith's. Like hers are really messy, or at least like the way that we see them. So it'd be like, oh yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, someone was Oz was possessed, and uh, you know, we we uh, put him in a cage and. Anyway, it was cool. And then there was a werewolf hunter. And I feel like her stories are really muddy and confusing, at least from my perspective. Like, it would like be hard to tell. Like, you need a full hour to tell them? <laughs> yeah. It would be challenging. Like, Faith's just like, and I wasn't wearing any clothes, and I busted out. Like, it'd just be like, if she could describe a fight scene, that would be cool. It's kind of like when you ask, like, you know, she's like a master slayer. So you ask her, like, oh, what was your best slay? And it's like, dude, I, I mean, I've been doing this for... Three years now? I have no idea. It's a blur. <laughs> yeah. I don't, it's not uh, fun. Also, it sounds like Faith, like Buffy is like static in Sunnydale. Faith, like, yeah. you know, offhandedly mentions being in different places. Like, it sounds like her watcher. The they were like, yeah, on the road, like the stake and move. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, related to this watcher stuff, I want to get into this uh, watcher retreat for a moment because this is an insane side detail <laughs> that makes made my brain explode. So apparently Giles was invited to a watcher retreat where there's horseback riding and stuff and didn't go. Uh, how many watchers are there? It sounds he like there are, invited. he wasn't, he wasn't invited. invited yeah. Okay. So he wasn't invited. He's the watcher for the most important slayer in the world that I know about. He should be the guest <laughs> of honor at any watcher meeting why is he excluded? Yeah, from for it? some reason yeah, he is not well respected in the Watcher community, which makes no sense at all, considering then, how awesome he is. And then Faith is like, "Oh, you're younger and hotter than my Watcher." So it's like I'm just imagining all these old men, and then Giles not getting along with them. He totally would. This is librarian, dude. This <laughs> is like eighty at heart. Huh. No, they're like they're like, "Oh, it's Ripper, you with your youthful indiscretions. We, you'll never really be one of us." those details when they try to do this watch or BS stuff make zero sense to me still. So it's an annual watch retreat. The most important watcher in the universe is not invited for reasons, which I assume we'll discover. Maybe it has to allude to, like you just said with the, um, those indiscretions, I guess with the, uh, what was the character's name? You just said it and I forgot. Ethan rain. And yeah, the, when he was the uh, ripper. Uh, yes. Ethan Rain, yeah. So his stuff with Ethan Rain and getting into like the the dark magic where they were all being possessed and stuff. Like, is that why he's not involved? It just seemed insane. So it's like, okay, so there's a council of watchers. So there's many watchers, and this watcher's not a part of it. So is watching after the Slayer a bad thing? Like, no one wants to do that detail, and it's like he's just achieved legendary status. Like, it sounds like nobody wants to do the job Giles is doing, and he's not invited. I actually have a weird theory that. Uh, because Buffy has survived a lot longer than Slayers are supposed to, supposed to survive. Oh. Like, I think 
being like the watcher for a slayer is supposed to be like you know like a three month job and then like another slayer gets called another watcher takes duty but giles is just hogging this job he's like i'm just gonna make sure my slayer doesn't get killed and they're like you fucked up our system man (laughs) (laughs) we haven't talked about the watcher diaries in a while have we but i guess remember remember the old watcher diaries like they would talk about He's yeah, like, Giles is supposed to have like a huge collection of watcher watcher diaries. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just want to go back to the the bronze for a second because sure. for Cordelia, Xander is like sexually attracted, you know, like magnetism to faith, like obsession. It's like an immediate obsession for men, and he's just like, he's like, were you naked when you were wrestling that alligator? And then Cordelia's like, find the new thing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah I, find a new thing. She also doesn't seem like insanely jealous, though. She's she's just like, God damn it, Xander! Like, you know, she, she seems she's really, just dealing with it. Angry. I mean, it's just like, no. Yeah. She she reacts later. She's like, Hey, should I dress up as a Slayer? Is that your thing? I mean, you're always like, Yes, slayer. it's. So funny. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Cordelia. Yeah, I mean, she doesn't. So someone else is the the center of unwanted sexual attention, or doesn't care. And uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's funny. Uh, yeah. So we kind of talked about faith a bit. I'm sure there's some more to get there. Uh, uh, you, you talk about um, the dinner with. Uh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. This is a this is truly a weird noticing. Uh, Buffy's top when she's at dinner with Joyce. Um, and faith, whatever is like this gradient style top where it goes from one color to another, like to a white to a pink. And like, that's a really popular style now to have that gradient look. And I didn't realize that was represented at all in the nineties. And it was cool to see. I was like, Oh, that you could wear that now and look awesome. Uh, and yeah. that, sorry, if anyone was coming the fashion and then the other, one of the other many, many interesting lines at that lunch or dinner rather is uh, when Joyce says, I want to march in the Slayer pride parade. You know, she's like, I want to get behind you. You know, you're not very excited about this thing. Um, and it's the most direct reference to being a slayer, being like being gay. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really cool. That they... And it's also in this episode where Buffy's got a new slayer pal. Like, yeah. So a lady slayer pal that she brings over <laughs> that does the same yeah. thing that she does. She could take over for you. How about that? <laughs> this could work together or something. Uh, but yeah, I also like the weird detail of the dinner of like um, Buffy only eats French fries. Like, <laughs> like uh, she's trying to Joyce food made like this whole delicious meal and only serves faith. Yeah, but Buffy only serves herself French fries and like excessive amounts. She had opportunities to take other stuff. Well, don't worry, she didn't get to eat all those French fries. So, <laughs> point that she like brings up immediately. <laughs> <laughs> uh do we want to talk any more about the dinner uh you have a thing here for john who's not here dennis unfortunately about oh yeah i didn't uh, realize the amazing uh, amazing lingo that mr trick employs mm-hmm. t3 connection yeah. t3 i wanted to like i wanted to know all the details about all that tech nonsense because it didn't seem super high speed to me but well, I think it, well it goes 1999 right so t3 was like better than a t1 line which T1 was at a megabit down and up. And T1 was like precursor to cable, right? Don't Google it. Just use your memory. I like this. It makes sense to me. <laughs> what about T5? Can we get to T5? 
T2, that's with Arnold. But that's... T3... <laughs> T3 was terrible. T3, not T3. a great movie. <laughs> for some reason, it's like finally remembered, it seems. I don't know why. I mean, Mr. Trick's a really fun vampire, I think. Yeah. He, has, he has a lot of personality. Way more than the master. Way more than... He's not quite Spike level of like interesting. Like the show doesn't think he's as interesting as right. they thought Spike right. was. Like Spike got some serious monologues. Uh, Trick doesn't have that many. Maybe because he doesn't have a British accent. They're just like, oh yeah, he's just this slimy guy that like, you is, know. Is Trick like a stereotype of like a 70s pimp? Vampire? Like he's supposed to, it seems like he's just like so smooth and I don't know. I couldn't tell if he was, if it was like a weird stereotyping. It didn't didn't come out come across that way to you. There's some stereotype going um, on. I don't, I don't, it's just like a slimy underling that's trying to cling, climb his way to the top, you know. But he's also like kind of business oriented. He's got like kind of a corporate. He's, uh, like, a, he's like an he's like the eighties business guys. If he, if he was a vampire, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, he's like a Wall Street e vampire. Yeah. I can uh, see that. Yeah. Dennis, you're talking about the hotel stuff here. Do you want to talk about the Faith's sad yeah. hotel room? <laughs> Motel room? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, well, I noticed uh, comedian John Ennis, uh, who I mostly know from Mr. Show, uh, is the manager who, like, Faith tries to, like, seduce, and he's like, uh, not if I listen to girls like you. Um, kind of a weird use of him. Um, yeah, that jumped out uh, to me, too. I recognized him. I thought it was weird also. I was like, I guess I have no idea all the bit parts that John Ennis has played. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> either do I. Uh, uh, and then when the vampires attack the room, they can enter because vampires can enter motel rooms, apparently. Um, which I guess we knew because that's how um, Jenny Callender's uncle died. Yeah. Uh, through Angel getting in. Her Her motel's so sad, like her on-the-go life... I like how her reference to Buffy is like, oh, here you are, other side of the tracks, huh, Buffy? Oh, like, yeah. poor side of town. <laughs> poor side of town. That's well, amazing. it's like, Faith is just like so much cooler than Buffy. She's more street. She's more like her sexuality is looser and cooler. And like, she's just a like the opposite of Buffy in so many ways. Like where Buffy has mm, semi-stable home life if she wanted to have semi-stable home life. Faith's like living on the edge you know, we just like yeah. pick her stuff and up and move. Just vague references to her mom being dead and stuff. Uh, and yeah. she's a dropout. I mean, she's great. She's she got so much baggage, like figurative. <laughs> yeah, literal bag. So that it was kind of awesome to see her like so paralyzed with that last mm-hmm. scene when she's trying to fight. Was it Cookiestus, right? Where she's like totally, you know, Buffy's like, "Don't die!" and throws her a crowbar, and she's totally like, Ugh. you know, totally terrified to see like. Uh, that more vulnerable side of her. Um, yeah. yeah. So uh, let, let's talk about Coquistus a little bit, Dennis. Uh, yeah. I like, so he's been a vampire so long that he's gotten like these cloven feet and hands, um, which they don't exactly explain what that means. Uh, but I guess like cloven, like the devil, right. Um, which would mean like, I don't know if that means like he, has been a vampire so long that those things have grown or if that when he became a vampire, like that's what happened to vampires. Um, so if like angel 
is like alive long enough if like his feet will like get all cloven um in like 2000 years or something i don't know uh but does that mean like he's older than the master because the master didn't have that or is it maybe that like um like since vampires are like in this world are like demons possessing humans maybe it matters what kind of demon like not like a vampire is like any kind of demon that possesses a human and like the the type of demon you are maybe determines like your your like finished transformation after thousands of years i don't know i'm just trying to theorize based on very little because this episode gives me very little about this dude um he looks kind of dumb i don't know why he's supposed to be greek because he's not played by a greek actor (laughs) there's no greek accent or anything i mean i guess you know (laughs) david boreanaz and character angel supposed to be irish so i think they play fast and loose accents if i remember correctly the master they say the master has lived so long he's outgrown his human form or, or he no longer has to have it. So I think it's like a, you get old enough and most power, more powerful, you can kind of choose how you look. That's kind of what I take from it. I mean, the master is kind of like a classic Nosferatu style and then yeah. that's boring to do again. So you got to freshen up your take on it. But then if he's a demon, you can, well, how is I like it? I the idea of the different demons and being, that there's different demon souls that make up being a vampire. That's a cool idea. But if you stake him, he dies. It seems like it should be tougher than that, given he's got the... <laughs> they staked him with a cartoonishly large stake. <laughs> Had to get a bigger stake. Well, we wanted to be clear, folks. This this big bad's going down. Uh, yeah, I like your speculation on it. That's interesting. I didn't, th- you know, I hadn't thought, like, why are, why are these things so different? Like, they all get the grumpy face, you know, when they turn to a vampire. But, like, beyond that, what, what else should happen? What kind of transformation? I guess we'll yeah. sp- probably see more of these, I imagine. That cloven hand was pretty cool. It's like yeah. more satanic stuff in this show. It is satanic, it's yeah. Cool. Uh, I didn't think it functioned. It visually functioned very well, though. Like when he's like punching with it, you're like, meh. Uh. Uh, I don't know. I just don't think he worked very well, which is why like he didn't last more than an episode. I feel like they kind of set it up like he was going to be like a more overarching villain but then they just like staked him. They just killed him. Yeah. It seemed to me by the opening scene that he couldn't last that long. And I'm not going to say like, I'm omniscient guys, but like that opening scene where he's just like, kill Slayer. Like, Oh gosh, this show can't possibly want this guy <laughs> yeah. around. Trick is way more interesting. They don't care at all about this guy though. They certainly implied yeah. that they did. But then as soon as he talks, you're like, Oh no, he's, this is just a dumb <laughs> idiot. Yeah. They clearly hired uh like a stunt double for this main role. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like a pro wrestler. Uh, So then uh, the last, of course, the last part of this, uh, we got to talk about angel reappears and it's perfectly timed for Buffy because she's accepted that he's gone through the watchers ruse, which we'll talk about later, but perfectly timed. She's admitted or admitted. She's talked about what's happened and how she killed angel. And then she's like, goes to can talk to scott hope and she's like hey let's date something's gonna happen and then she even goes to like get rid of the ring the clotter ring it's like we're moving on because like that ring freak out i like that that was that was a real thing for her that was a that was a good scene i like buffy such a mess this episode with scott (laughs) it's great and then that scott does not Yeah, actually i wanted to I, I, i wanted to talk about that clotter ring thing just because like they haven't even gone on a date and he's already buying her a ring. And like, I mean, 
I know, like, Mike said, like, clotter rigs are bullshit, but, like, I feel a little bit like that's cultural appropriation for, for me as an Irishman to be, like, see, like, this dude who's not Irish just be, like, this thing's pretty. The guy said it was, like, friendship. Like, I don't know. It seems like a heavy thing to, like, maybe it's because, like, I do have a couple family members who wear clotter rings as their, like, wedding bands, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think of it as a serious thing. If, like, a high schooler, like, gave that before a date, I'd be like, what the fuck? You know what? I, I totally think you're you're right on to be weird about for that to be weird, but I think that's totally what high school students do. Like I wouldn't be shocked if a high school guy was like, Hey, here's uh, my grandma's uh diamond diamond rings she used to wear. And you're like, What the fuck? You you're asking me on a first date, we're in a bowling alley and grandma's diamond rings, like what the f-? you know, just high school Don't students have no idea. Bowling, Mike. Don't talk that's true. Oh yeah, sorry. I know bowling's a trigger for everybody. But like <laughs> what? Why is why is <laughs> Because I like bowling. Dennis loves bowling. So going on a date to go bowling, I think, would be a good thing. Oh, okay. I, oh, I didn't mean to invert. I'll propose bowling. somebody on a bowling ring. Why not? I, I, just think it, I just think high school students don't know how to act. I mean, they're just, they're just figuring shit out. Uh, yeah, the ring is a little much, but it doesn't. That's like what you would do in high school. Like, you don't know what you're doing. Like, no, yeah, there's no good social norms. It's yeah, like it's Sunnydale. I mean, they might die tomorrow. They might as well escalate <laughs> shit as far as they can. Here's my, here's my clotter ring. You're That's in the clan. True. Although Scott doesn't know that those are the states, right? <laughs> I don't know. He should, he should know several people who have died in the past three years in that school. I can't wait That's for it to come out that Scott's like a weird stalker or a monster. But so far, seems like a normal guy. But just like the insistence, it was almost... His like repeated attempts to ask out Buffy yeah, almost almost triggered to me that he was a monster. Like I was like, "What's going on? Is he a monster?" <laughs> but uh, their their attempts to normalize the relationship, like in the show, like I was like, "Okay, well, he's not clearly," but I can't almost, tell with the show. Like, they get passed because honestly, Scott and Buffy have never talked ever. But all of a sudden, he feels he he can ask her out. It just seems like a very much like physical attraction that that you you know. I guess this is what happens when you try to push. I mean, it, it doesn't even seem like they've had a conversation ever. No, no, he came from nowhere, Travis. I know yeah, you're like you're so shocked by that, but yes, yeah, reality. Also, I think Buffy just didn't like. We don't see what Buffy's class like is like, and she also doesn't attend a lot of classes. Yeah, she's they could have had like. They could have had like you know three semesters of classes together, and we wouldn't have known. Yeah, but I haven't, we haven't seen have this known. dude. And like, if Jonathan asked Buffy out, I mean, Jonathan, she knows more, and she doesn't even know his name. Sometimes he's not going to date Jonathan. No one is. She better learn Jonathan's name. I'm sad Jonathan isn't in this episode. Maybe he is. Did you look? I feel like he could have been anywhere in this episode. I don't think I'm surprised I didn't see him. In the episode, in the background of the bronze or anything, but I just couldn't didn't register it. All right, well, let's talk about um, how Angel appears because we talk really... about Angel. We didn't really talk about Angel. No, I meant to, and then we got decided derailed a little bit. So Angel, Buffy drops off the clotter ring, and that it, like immediately summons Angel from a heaven like place. White light, Angel drops in naked. It's like a Terminator style appearance, like Terminator One you know, nude, nude appearance. What's, I want to ask you guys what's going on with that. I know, you know, so it's, you know, a little bit unfair, but like, what's heaven? going on with this? Is it, coming from it is weird. I did. It, 
Well, it is, it is visually like more like heaven than hell because he falls like an angel. He falls from heaven, right? Like, oh, did it hurt when you fell from heaven? Uh, and he's, I mean, you know, you can be naked in heaven or hell. It may, maybe means different stuff. But um, no, I agree that the visual connection is more with heaven than hell, the way he like comes back. And it's also the ring appears to summon him. So like whether or not that's the real intent of that ring or how that works, it's like she says, I'm done, drops off the ring at a, the place where, I assume that's where the fight was, right? That's where they fought and where the hell gate was. Yes. And somehow removing the ring, it like releases Angel from hell. I don't understand why. Story-wise, I get it because it like, it's it a perfect time compl- for it to happen. Yeah, it creates complications because she's just decided that she's done. Well, he's coming right back in. Can't get rid of this guy. Like, yeah, you're gonna have to deal with Angel some more uh, while dating someone else, uh, and which is good because she's not gonna get right back with him. But yeah, it's just so like, what's gonna happen here, folks? I don't know. It's hard to predict from this. Oh. Yeah, I just think it's weird that she even brings it to the mansion instead of the angel's old apartment because like the mansion is where evil angel lived, you know, and it's where she murdered him and stuff. So you'd think if it was like a letting go of like the person she actually loved, she would bring it to his old apartment. Cause that's like where they were actually like happy together and where like the event took place that cost him his soul. Right. But maybe the apartment's actually rented and this crazy mansion is empty. The apartment's probably flooded. Who knows? Yeah, the I mean, I don't yeah, know the really. apartment status. I assume he owned his own apartment, but maybe the HOA fees, you know, who knows what's happened. I also like the idea that the mansion is still unoccupied. <laughs> Just another, more vampires haven't moved in. This is vampire real estate. Yeah, I mean, when I, when I used to live in a different city, there was this really large unoccupied mansion for the entire time <laughs> I lived there. And I'm like, oh, that's probably where all the vampires live. <laughs> Yeah, silly. Uh, so, should we move on to questions, or do you want to do any other weird noticings? All right, questions. All right, so I got this first one, and uh, it's just related to the picnic. Can you leave your work to get lunch? Is that a special special privilege where you work? Like, can you leave your office to get lunch? It's just a silly thing because I feel like Willow's really uptight about. Oh, we're gonna leave school grounds. We're seniors. You know, um, I can. It's great. I have no anxiety about it. And I don't think I've ever had anxiety about leaving work to go get food. Yeah, I can leave work. I do all the time. I like it. Uh, I guess it is a special. Pri- I, yeah, I didn't think of it as a special privilege, but some people are trapped at work. Trav? Some, sometimes I can leave work, but sometimes I can't. I did work at place once when I worked at a publishing company where we had a cafeteria at work that was like a Aramark style cafeteria. So it was large enough that, you know, like they're kind of providing you with lunch, but it was also so isolated. Like it was just near SeaWorld. So it was like, it was hard to get any lunch. So it was just annoying to leave. Cause like, oh, cool. That meant driving 20 minutes or something out of the way. Cool. Anyway, it was kind of banal question. Uh, Dennis, you got this next one. <laughs> uh, what do you think Marnock's root and a virgin saliva do? Uh, and I'll tell you, I tried to look it up online, but I could only find stuff about Buffy. Um, <laughs> uh, at least you didn't do a Google image search. Uh, <laughs> I, like I, I very rarely do 
Google image searches for anything Virgin related. So the, the challenge here is what is Marnock's root, right? Like, is that a real thing? It is. It's a real root. It's probably not spelled the way I spelled it, but. Um, so, so what, what kind of, what's like a property of the Marnock's? Is there anything, does anybody know anything about it? Besides the fact that it's okay. real? Can I Google that? Cause then I could tell you. Yeah, um, let's do okay. that. Okay. I'm going to Google that. Marnock. Okay. Oh my gosh, you're right. Totally, uh, <laughs> totally Buffy stuff for this. Yeah. Yeah. How do, how do you spell it? Uh, well, when you spell it the way that Dennis did, you get Buffy stuff. Pages and pages <laughs> yeah. of Buffy stuff. So uh, I don't know. Okay, let's concentrate on the virgin saliva thing. Let's see the flowering plants of Great Britain. Um, so you salivate so when you like you want to eat something, you want to consume something, and consumption could be like something kind of sinful and bad for a virgin to want something. Like so, it's like a, what a virgin would want. So no, 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 Mark, virgin. It's it's purity. It's it's purifying something. Oh, it's purification. Yeah, the saliva. I think, I think it's like super. Like, I, my guess was it was going to be. Um, uh, w- witchy, uh, you'd make this witchy solution to get rid of like a pimple or a beauty mark. Um, uh, the way she was like, no, that's something I know nothing about to Giles made me think it was something like dirty or like a drug or like, you know, I don't know. I think it's a like glamour a, of some kind. But, oh, there's a great line from the next episode that we I wish we could bring up. Dang it. Uh, I think it uh, makes you like young, appear younger. Uh, so, like for a teenager, it makes them appear like a middle schooler. Yeah, yeah, like you could just like a younger face, a younger appearance. I mean, it's clearly like something you put on something. Like it makes a paste. Yeah. All right. Okay. Are they satisfying answers, Dennis? Yeah, these are good. What did okay. you think, Dennis? I thought it got her high or something. <laughs> like she would smoke it? Like a banana yeah. peel? That makes, that that was, makes sense. It sounded like a, a drug just based on the way she like recoiled from realizing she was talking about it in front of an adult. You know? Yeah. Yeah, Giles is a little bit concerned. And of course, it's all, as we learn, it's all red herring anyway to get Buffy to reveal some truths. And it's not that yeah. it's not about you, Willow. Shut up. Giles is still concerned about the whole magic stuff, anyways, because he had a horrible past about magic. Right, he knows what can happen. Uh, so then, uh, this next bit, uh, hey B. So Faith's all like, hey B, um, which is kind of a crime to us in the episode because it's a little too familiar. Faith doesn't know Buffy, so she can't really be familiar. It's hard. It's hard on Buffy for her to be so relaxed and to use a nickname for her. Uh, so I was just thinking, like, has anybody been too familiar with you lately? Does that ever happen? Like, for me... Um, I will say, when uh, Travis met my old roommate, John Michael, he immediately called him JM, and that <laughs> did affect uh, John Michael. <laughs> Wait, did it affect him positively or negatively? I said offend. It offended. <laughs> oh, I think he said it affected him. Was he positively offended? Negatively offended? <laughs> No, he was like, um, you just met me. It's just a lot. It's a lot. I mean, that's just a mouthful. 
I have a long last name, but so I would never want someone to f- have to say the whole last name. Yeah, TMM, no big deal, man. Yeah. <laughs> abbreviate, abbreviate. I'm not saying like a one letter. I guess I did two letters. Um, but, uh, so I did two letter abbreviation. <laughs> um, but to me, uh, in, my defense, in my defense, I was watching a lot of season seven of Buffy. In fact, we watched okay. the entire season seven of Buffy when I visited Dennis in 2009. Yeah. Uh, I have somebody at work who oh, calls me Danny a lot, man. and I don't really like that. Um, but they call me it because they have a bad memory, and that's the name of the mailman. So um, kind of irritates me. Danny. Yeah. Danny boy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, How long have you been out of this John Michael thing? <laughs> is this was this brought up recently? I no, I just I just remembered it because of this question. Did I change my behavior? Did he tell me? Uh, yeah, he told you, and you were basically like, "No, whatever. It's a good name. Jam, jam is All good. Right. You should go by that." Like you wouldn't right. back down from it. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, I people call me Polly a bunch, and like. It's that nickname that people use when there are too many Michaels at my work and they just say Polly. And that part's really weird to me, but I'm, I'm, I'm starting to become more okay with it. But initially it was, I was a little frustrated because I, I like to be called Michael and you guys call me Mike a lot of the time, which is like, a, I didn't choose that nickname. Okay. Yeah. I've noticed, call. I've noticed that you go by Michael, but I call you Mike and I've been like, maybe I should change that, but it's really hard to like, no, you're, you I guys, call, I think I've just been calling you Mike for years i call you you, michael you can do whatever you want dennis you're in special special class of people that's fine uh the poly people is a is a weird thing and then uh in this is a weird side to it it's like i do feel like people are my grocery store nearby new seasons is really nice and people there like occasionally a little bit too familiar and like it's hard to put it like it's the friendly grocery store but like people are totally like hey did you do anything important today? You know, and they just ask yeah. these questions that are a little bit like, uh, I, I'm on my way out. Uh, no, <laughs> uh, I need to reveal some detail about myself because you're curious. You're just, uh, no. Wow. Are they like trained in those kind of like questions? I think they get paid a little bit more than other grocery stores. And then the, the vibe care. is that there's friendly and they care, but it, it can come across a little bit creepy sometimes. Yeah. New Seasons by me is just exactly the same. I don't think it's creepy. I just wish I had something better to tell them than, oh, no, I just worked from home today. <laughs> I just never have any good stories for those people. Um, you don't have to impress them. Don't. <laughs> I mean, it feels like I do. I mean, they're judging everything I'm buying. I feel like I need to make up for it in some way. I mean, oh, you bought 10 cans of soup. Well, you sound like you have a great one. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, no. I bought all the soup and then I bought, you know, I bought this Parmesan cheese. And listen, there's more to it than this. Let me tell you, there's more to me than this terrifying grocery store uh, purchase that I've just done. Uh, so are you cool to skip the nickname question? So I guess we can ask the same question, Travis. No, because I remember I gave you a nickname that you hated. Oh, what's the nickname you gave me? Actually, I didn't give it to you. Other kids gave it to you. Roly Poly. Oh, yeah. I hate that one. I hate it. <laughs> It implies like a fat man. It's oh, like a, a bug. Cool. 
Uh, that's not what I picture in my mind when I'm called Rolly. Uh, imagine a giant pill bug. <laughs> it sounds like a great <laughs> nickname. Yeah, or I mean, people don't abbreviate. It could people could abbreviate my name as Trav. That'd be fine with me. Or T or TMM. T Ravis. The T Ravis doesn't feel like an abbreviation. It just feels like it's elongation. It's a mispronunciation. It's fun. Yeah, it's it's yeah, nick- nicknames aren't necessarily like abbreviations, right? No, no, no. Yeah. Anyways, all right, fine. So I had a guy in college who always called me Lush. I never liked that. No, that's a terrible nickname. I was, uh... Did you call him college rapist? <laughs> yeah, you're like because a... my elementary school was Lusher, and I would occasionally wear a Lusher elementary school shirt. So he'd point out and go Lush. Uh, yeah, that's great. Sounds like a winner. Yeah, he's implying you're an alcoholic. That's hilarious. What a great guy. Yeah. College is awesome. You're awful, <laughs> I was going to say. College is awful. Yeah. So this next question here, I love the kind of cultural tour of the school that Willow and Xander give to Faith, where they talk about all the terrible things that happen to them in different places in the school. And so I was thinking, like, what stops are on your most recent cultural tour? Like, do you give people a cultural tour of the space? Like, because, you know, people will come to my house people come to my house. I invite people to my house <laughs> and like, you know, you show off, you're like, Oh, this room and this room. But like, rarely do I talk about like things that happened in places. Um, but I definitely do for my hometown, Dayton, Ohio. If people visit in Dayton, they get more of a cultural tour for whatever reason. Uh, anyway, that one struck a chord with me. Cause I feel like that's a thing that people do. I, I like that. It all took place on one hallway for them. <laughs> like that was a really busy hallway. <laughs> I also like how it shows that like their memories of the events, you know, are pretty real. Even though they hardly ever talk about, oh, remember parent-teacher conference or, oh, you know, but they definitely have all the memories, but they just rarely bring up that old crap. It's horrible. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I like giving people tours of places, but I don't necessarily, yeah. I think I would be like... This is where this happened in my life. I don't know. I, don't I feel know like with it's it's a challenge for you, Dennis, and probably for all of us because it'd be like, cool, you ready to go on a nationwide tour of my yeah. cultural story? Three different yeah. states. Yeah, <laughs> this is going to take about uh, four weeks, and uh, we're going to do a lot of driving, guys. But it'll be worth I it. I do. If I if you guys ever come visit the neighborhood I live in, I could give you like a neighborhood tour and be like, this is where my mom attacked a cop. Uh, this is where my mom tried to steal a baby. Uh, this is, you know, uh, this is where um, my mom and I got in a knife fight. Um, and it would all be like a two block radius. Uh, if we do that, we're going to have, that's, have a, that's a bingo card guys. There we go. Yeah, we're going to have sad Dennis bingo. If, if, that, if we do that. <laughs> I wonder if that'd be interesting for a documentary. I bet it would to give like a tour of someone's life and kind of the places that where things happened. Not they can't all be sad Dennis Bingo places. They have to be some positive places. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and they, you know, as in the documentary, as they're as we're walking and I'm talking and pointing things, there'll be like cuts to reenactments, and it'll be like not me playing myself, you know. <laughs> who who would you cast to play you? Uh, Zach Galifianakis. Okay. Great choice. 
Actually, uh, do you know the comedian Dan St. Germain? Uh, no. Nope. He looks exactly like me. Um, Googling him. Man. Talk about doing podcast. Now you're doing a Google image search, right? Uh, it just can bring up pictures of Dennis when I Google him. <laughs> Look at Dan St. Germain and um, at midnight, especially like on that appearance, he looked just like me. It's pretty good. There's one where he's wearing a weird cowboy shirt that looks the best like Dennis. There was a while where I used an image from him at midnight as my Facebook profile and people were like, what was this for? Like, was this on TV? What was this? I was like, that's not me. <laughs> oh yeah, Dennis, why were you on TV? I, would, uh, I like the idea of you getting a DMCA takedown for your Facebook profile pic. <laughs> uh, so Dennis, you got the next kind of question here. Uh, what was it? How um, do you feel about Scott Hope? I feel like we've already talked about Scott Hope. Um, I just wanted to make sure we brought him up. How do you feel? Fortunately, Scott Hope did not go on to have a very, uh, very good uh, career in Hollywood. Did you say fortunately? Unfortunately. He didn't get a lot of parts after this, after, after Buffy. Hmm. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, seems okay. Uh, you know, I like Seth Green better and I like Nicholas Brendan more. I don't think he's going to be around for very long, uh, but I like him better than Owen Ossidy, definitely, which we already said. Yeah. yeah. But I don't, I don't know how he's going to match with the gang, but you know, there's probably at least one group photo that he's in. Oh, never mind. I guess, I guess never, I take that back. He was a voice. This is Fab, Fab Flippio is the actor's name. Um, yeah, Fab Filippi, Filippo. Filippo. So I guess he did. He did <laughs> There's uh, no way that any of those are the right pronunciation. <laughs> no, it's, it's Fab. His name Fab. No one is named Fab Flippio. That is a made-up name. That is not his real name. Fabricio <laughs> Filippo. Yeah. Anyways, it looks like he was in, a couple, he was in 12 episodes of a TV show in 2000, 2001. And then um, he was in some, some, wow, some random stuff. Well, good for him. Uh, he's just not active right now, I guess. Is that Flippio? Random... Do you uh, mean like Philippi, like Ryan Philippi? Like... No, no, it's, it's, it's Filippo, F-I-L-I-P-P-O, Filippo. He was in a TV show called Billable Hours, which sounds like a law firm. Uh, sounds like a terrible show. Oh, you know what sounds like? It's... <laughs> well... Um, I won't bring up uh, Alicia Silverstone, but anyways, all right. He was, he was actually a pretty interesting actor. I liked him. Okay. Moving on. Billable hours sounds like a show, like another show called like time sheet. It's like, <laughs> the most boring thing I can imagine. Um, return receipt requested money, uh, cash on COD. Just like, it sounds like a terrible show about overnight delivery. <laughs> excess baggage <laughs> yeah, overnight delivery and excess baggage were both movies that were real overnight delivery is still one of my top is still my top 10 my number one paul red movie what's your number two paul red movie oh that's a great question um probably clueless oh that is a really good one and mostly just because it gets you excited for the rest of his career <laughs> it's a long career it is a long career all right, Dennis, who's your favorite Slayer? Guys, we've had three Slayers. 
Who's your favorite? I'll tell you mine. It's Faith. I love Faith. I can tell you drew an amazing picture of Faith on your Patreon. Uh, here. I'll, I'll show it to you guys and for the YouTubers. Oh, that's so bombing. Say, say something, Dennis, so your, so your uh, uh, picture gets big again. Oh, it was nice. What? You have to say something because Mike said something. Oh, here. All right. So there we go. There's large and a charge riding a gator. All right. Nice. Dennis loves faith. I do not like faith. Or, I mean, I wish I wish I'd give like a ton of spoilers right now. I have a lot of justification. Don't get me wrong. But faith is such a bad girl. She is such a foil. Yeah, that's why I like her. You the show says, sometimes the show plays it safe with its main characters. You know, everybody loves each other and shit. And then here comes Faith to wreck shit up. I mean, Faith is like the human version Disrupt of, dynamics. Of, of a firecracker that's lit and that is going off. Like, it feels like... Like a Roman candle? <laughs> she's like a, she's like a human water. Roman candle this entire episode. And for Isn't that... Like more interesting than like a stable group. It's different. Stability. It's different. Like I mean, she's <laughs> she is, she's just coming at things a lot different than everybody else, you know. I mean, she has a real hard luck story. I mean, she's she's a real sympathetic person. Don't get me wrong, but it's like crazy over the top. I, I feel like this show will get really fun if the gang goes to college and Faith doesn't. <laughs> And just like keep slaying vampires, but doesn't get a degree. Like the the difference between the generations will be clearer. Where it's like, oh, uh, like a, yeah, a really Faith, large overarching arc of their lives. Here's the other question for Mike: Is how long do you think Faith is going to be around? Oh, she's just part of the show now. I think for how uh, long? At least for another two seasons, three seasons, or something. I feel like the show is really excited about her. Yeah, like she's got quite the story. Like this is Spike level character. I, mean, I think, and I know Spike's going to come back. I know Faith's going to come back, you know? And I say, I know Spike's going to come back, but like, he's clearly like a big character. I don't know if Drusilla will come back, but Spike definitely will. You know, Angel's back. Uh, <laughs> Faith, maybe Spike and Faith will be a thing. I don't know. I haven't thought about it much. Or maybe Angel and Spike. I'm sorry, Angel and... <laughs> That's obvious. I mean, Angel and yeah, Faith. Yeah, I think it's a little obvious, uh... I think that's yeah. probably already happened. But yeah, Angel and Faith would be kind of rad if that cup becomes a couple because that would ruin Buffy's life. Uh, so yeah, totally. it clearly has to happen. Angel and Faith. I think that's uh, <laughs> I think that's a comic. What's that? I think that's one of the comics, right? Oh, yeah, I don't know. That's the title yeah. of one of the comic yeah. series, Angel yeah. and Faith. Oh, shit. Well, that'll be fun when uh, they're an item. That's going to be a mess for everyone else. <laughs> but everyone else hates Angel and is like can't deal with it. So maybe it'll bring everybody over to Angel's side if Faith is the like intermediary between them. Huh. I have no idea what will happen next in the show. This is I mean, I kinda ish idea of such a curveball. <sighs> Could go so many different directions to that. Um so let's move on to themes, deep stuff here. Um and it says Xander seems even worse than usual this episode. Discuss. Yeah, I mean, just between the um, him calling Buffy a slut, slut shaming his friend, and then like lusting over Faith in front of his girlfriend, I just think he was spectacularly on point, Xander. This app. 
No, uh, Cordelia, like, sh- should, by every right, break up with him for his behavior around Faith. Like, it's, it's, she's so abused. I almost feel like Cordelia has Stockholm Syndrome right now. <laughs> like, I can't really make that as a firm diagnosis, but I feel like this lady has almost died so many times that she is just embedded in the Scooby game. Scooby gang and would be far happier if the she was Scooby not. game. Scooby gang. I mean, I feel, it's like when, I think I think that's the only reason she, she likes Xander. I don't know. I feel it's like Xander is asking to be thrown out of the gang constantly. <laughs> yes. Like he's like, please release me from the responsibility of being in this spiritually weird gang, this supernatural crew. Like calling, you know, Buffy a slut even in jest is still like, dude, why are you here? What do you do here? What uh, do you do? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, especially as the gang expands and people have more like, they don't necessarily have use for like a guy who does nothing, right? Yeah. I was like, useful they in don't need one. that extra body necessarily. Right. So season one, you're right. He's useful until Oz shows up. Now get rid of him. Don't need him anymore. Yeah. I'd happily take Cordelia in exchange for Xander, but... Who's going to be the funny, funny, relatable dude for the all the white males that watch this show? Yeah, Oz, Oz. come on, Oz like, is so much more charming. Sounds like you might you might like a little show called Angel. Yeah, tell yeah. me more, mystery man. We will. See, well, you'll find out at the end of season three. Oh, Angel starts up then. Cool. Um, so then Travis says, uh, "Do you want to ask this theme deep question?" <laughs> You know, it's just, oh, the single white female. Yeah. Actually, I'll say, I don't think I've ever seen single white female, but I feel like this is a really common reference. And there, I can't place, I, I get, I see this reference a lot in uh, other shows that I watch because I, f- I feel like this happens all the time. Especially because um, you mostly watch shows from the 90s. No, I watch like shows from, I watch shows that are more current that they still use the phrase single white female. But Yeah. I don't, I've never actually seen it, but I feel like we should watch it. I well, I've never been single white female. I think what, you would know can, if you'd been. Single white can we just female. back up one second, Travis? What does it mean to be single white female? Can you tell us what that means? Oh yeah, so single white female is when somebody shows up and starts dressing like you and taking your friends and your boyfriend. I mean, Buffy is single white female a couple times in this series, but um, shows up you taking over your life and your appearance and your family. Um, it's based upon the movie Single White Female from 1992. Oh, that's it's, what uh, Jennifer Jason Lee Jennifer and Bridget Fonda. Bridget Fonda. Uh, but it's also, she's, I mean, Buffy's also not accurate in this because Faith is maybe taking over her life a little in that she's becoming a part of her life. And the boy. But she's not trying to be Buffy. She's definitely like, uh, in fact, like the opposite of Buffy in like a lot of ways. Um, you know, it'd be different if she came into town and like, uh, the next day had like short blonde hair, you know? Yeah. Oh, I know why. Um, there's an episode of psych that also has a single white female <laughs> element, which is actually pretty amazing. So to me, this, this is a really relevant, uh, callback cause it pops up in all the media I watch. Wow. I, I, so I, I just go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I just, I feel like Buffy calling like what face doing single white female is like just Buffy being like, there's not room in my life for another person, and especially not another person who like demands attention. Like, what a good person would have done 
would be to like let that person in their life and like you know because like especially once you see faith is living in the shitty side of town and stuff and like even at the end of this episode we don't see her moving out of that shitty motel like i think giles isn't doing his responsibility as a watcher to like um you know, maybe like it seems like a normal watcher thing would be to house your slayer, right? Like, but he right, seem to take that he's taking care of them both now, right? He's going to be watcher for both of them because her watcher's dead. Like yeah. that turn of events. Yeah, you're right. He doesn't look after the watcher thing. Is just training. It's not housing. <laughs> but surely, like in in other with Kendra, it seemed like the watcher was like housing I Kendra, heard about right? Kendra, which is super sad because she died. Yeah. yeah, I just feel like. Um, Kendra's well, like, your favorite watcher. Giles mm. is so far out of the loop for about ten things with watcher stuff. Like he's barely a yeah. watcher, to be quite honest. You're just defending Faith because she's. You're just. You're just saying it's not. A single I'm watcher. just saying just she comes into Faith. town. What she do? She does her job better than anybody. And what does everybody say? Oh, be she's more like Buffy. Be more like Buffy. What are you talking about? She steals Buffy's friends, tries to take her boyfriend. First of all, it's not stealing Faith. somebody else's this friends to make Faith friends because friends are. No, friends. Friendship is not a zero sum game, man. You can have more than one friend. Like <laughs> the thing of like stealing friends, like doesn't make any sense. Are you saying friendship is a renewable resource, Dennis? It is. It's entirely renewable. Friendship is like the sun. But, but sure, it's like the sun. But the sun only shines, you know, ten to fourteen hours a day. Friendship is a particle and a wave. Okay, it's hard to understand. There's only so much sunlight in the day, though. So. You can always just lay down more um, solar panels, man. It's more friends. Yeah, yeah you need so you're more. Not stealing sun. There's only so much time. Yeah, that's true. That's the biggest limiting factor for friendship is time, time and location. So I feel like the sig white female reference is really relevant for me because it's. I just feel like it comes up all the time. I feel like it should have a, it should, it, this is not a new concept. So I just wonder what the previous, like the previous reference besides single white female, like what's that based upon? There must be a famous story from Greece or Rome or the Bible. Yeah, I was trying to think of like a yeah. Greek. You're trying to come up with a tale, like a, a tale or a Canterbury tale or whatever. I'm being Canterbury tailed over Well, you here. guys are hitting all my buttons like I should, something should pop up but like i i don't think they're i don't have one for this that's like totally right on with that because so we're saying single white female is like when someone tries to be you they try to like become you but it's it's really like about jealousy right like single white female is like a really weird and specific version of a thing that's really about you know when you're insanely jealous and there's definitely stories in greece and rome and Aesop's fables about, you know, insane jealousy. Um, and it's usually Zeus or the gods that are jealous of humans, uh, you know, and like, then they do terrible things to them. So it's like, it's such a constant feature. It's, I don't, I don't know if there's like the jealous story from Greece and Rome or the Canterbury tales. All right. So maybe, maybe I'm going to make the gang watch, um, single white female, or maybe if you're listening, you should watch single white female. I feel right. like it's such a funny term, SWF, anyway, because, you know, that's based on a character limitation in the newspaper when you'd want to publish an ad, right? And, like, now yeah. there's no reason for character limitations. Anyway. Uh, then, Travis, you're saying, uh, you know, what do you think of Trick describing Sunnydale annual rate of murder 
in today's context of race and gun violence? Yeah, good theme question, Trev. Because um, so the thing is that he he directly compares. He says um, uh, the murder rates make DC look like Mayberry, and ain't nobody saying boo about it. Uh, and he also says like Sunnydale strictly of the Caucasian persuasion in the Dale. I wrote those down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so really. There's a, to, there's a lot to unpack in those like intro sentences. Um, Cause I mean, I think he, it, both he's totally right to point out like how white Sunnydale is. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, which is something the show barely ever addresses, but like um, just addressing it and introducing one like person of color doesn't like fix the problem. Right. <laughs> um uh and so and then like in a technical way i want to say like if these if sunnydale really had murder rates higher than dc like sunnydale isn't a large enough population to sustain that right like the town would collapse that's one of those weird things about like having a small town where so many people get murdered is there has to be like either constant influx of new people for like the uh, population to stay the same or like they have like really insanely high, like birth rates to balance it. Uh, which is not, neither of what I just said are like the theme answering yeah. your theme <laughs> question. It's just what I thought of with those things. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know how to unpack this in today's climate, but it, there's definitely something super weird there. And I think, I think within the context of the time it was written about, um, it was more about how the police are covering up the murder rate rather than it being something more to it. When I think about it, he was just sort of trying to I mean, acknowledge all these people get killed and it's great because there's definitely something wrong with the town. I don't know. Um, but it is, it is weird that like, a, like a, that only a, uh, this is only brought discussed by, uh, you know, a, a, a actor of color on the show. Like none of the none of the white actors have ever <laughs> commented on how white Sunnydale is. I think it's kind of super weird. They never well, it's hard for white people to comment on whiteness. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this I guess that's, that's true. That still rings very true today. It seems. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's so white, and the murder rate's so high. It's worse than like a black neighborhood, right? I mean, that's what. Yeah, that's kind of sort of what's being said. Yeah, that's that was what was being said in the opening as a good thing. But good thing for vampires. Yes. Good thing for murder monsters. Good thing for murderers. Vampires. I would definitely not work the late night shift at the Happy Burger in Sunnydale. Yeah. There's <laughs> no way you're surviving that shift. Yeah. No, it's a funny comment because it's like a true comment that like brings up the weirdness of this environment and like puts it in a racial context and a violence context. And like it kind of orients you around like, Hey, you know, it's so bad. It's like the worst in the United States, which is fun to finally hear that. Like, cause you know, there's been so many murders there and everyone acts like it's Mayberry. Like it's a nice place, even though it's, there's terrible violence there that nobody can, wants to talk about. And it feels like that's been the huge issue that Buffy has sidestepped is this insane violence. You know, they bring it up. and, it, and Yeah, there's the funny comments, the, like, Larry being like, if we can just, like, yeah, you know, stay really focused, bad. have a little less mysterious deaths. 
Yeah, it's 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 this whole thing where looking back, it's like, man, this is not okay to just put this on television and you just accept all this all these deaths. Uh, I mean, that's like it's a t- it's solving for a TV problem, which is like everything yeah, but, resets. Yeah, but I mean, just perpetuating this violence is a is a part of life. That's why I don't like it because it just reinforces this concept of oh, insane violence and death is just a part of life. And it's really just. I mean, I don't know if you watch it, it just, it's, it's also kind of in the tradition of like Stephen King, like it like, uh, takes place in like fictional town of Derry, Maine, which has like incredibly high murder rates and is a small town. Right. Like, yeah, (laughs) I don't know. It's, if you're going to set a whole town as the villain or whatever, the over, like you're going to have higher murder rates. Well, clearly it speaks to a cover up, right? Then if it's yeah. if it's no one no one's really aware of the problem or doesn't talk about it. And it's it's probably the media. school board covering it all up, right? Well, and the media is complicit by not covering giving the coverage that's needed for people to be aware of how dangerous the place is. Like, you know, I'm only aware of what the media brings to my attention as far as how dangerous this Portland is to live in. Maybe it's really dangerous. Right. Maybe it's there's a hellmouth here. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. We do not know how many hellmouths are in America. <clears throat> uh, Dennis, uh, you have the last kind of theme deep stuff question here. I ask uh, Giles's binding spell ruse, uh, the one where he um, repeatedly asks Buffy to tell about what happened with uh, Angel uh, to for a binding spell in the castle. Um, what do you get? Is that good parenting? Um, or not um, and the thing is like that he knows something else is going on with like that Buffy is keeping something secret right but he's trying to not directly confront her about it so he like couches it under like their kind of mystical world um, but it gets Buffy to like admit what happened um, so I don't know what do you guys think that's a tough one man I feel like I I was surprised that it turned out to be a ruse. Uh I didn't I didn't expect that from Giles. I expect him to be more straightforward about everything. So when it turns out that it's just a ruse, I was it was like a cool show surprise. So like in terms of TV writing, it was a fun surprise. Mm-hmm. But I think we're getting like, a little more of that side of Giles this season. Like cause the other thing he did last week was like go to Snyder and threaten him to let uh, uh Buffy back in. So we're getting a little bit more of like what Giles is doing behind the scenes and that maybe the like British clucking, like as Willow describes it is like more of a persona than who he really is. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a fun, it's fun. So that was a fun ruse. I just think Giles and a lot of other people are, are kind of emotionally tone deaf. So it just is out of, it seems out of character. I you mean, think I he's, guess, he's toned up? I mean, he, he doesn't seem to know how to process emotions. I mean, I guess I'm thinking of like how I would do this in a, a real life setting. I think the thing that comes to mind would be like shooting a fake documentary about someone to get them to talk through a problem that I think they have. But like, I would never, I don't think I would ever do that to somebody like it seems ethically so dubious to try and get someone to talk through a problem. Like 
the the main but thing. If you were doing that at this point in your life, you'd be doing it to like a friend or your wife or something. Like he's doing it to somebody who he's basically like parenting, right? Right. Maybe that's a different. Man, people do really fucked up things in the parental role, right? Like because they, I've experienced that where parents like withhold information from you in order to achieve a response or like they they manipulate you a little bit so that you do a thing that they want you to do. Like this is like something emotionally healthy that I agree with. Like she needs to talk about what happened. But there's like 10 other ways to do it besides the way Giles did it. I mean, I don't remember yeah. seeing Giles hug her when she comes back. He doesn't, I mean, he just doesn't emotionally respond to her being back. So I'm just like, why do you, why, why are you doing this thing? I would prefer if Giles was more like Pat and Pat's like, Hey, yeah. what's going on? Very direct. What's yeah, really was, going on? That was a pretty good, you know, parent or adult. <laughs> yeah. And Pat's, Pat's like, Pat, but Pat was like awesome. way too aggressive towards Buffy who was a stranger. Like maybe if Pat had known Buffy for like a number of years, but like oh, she was oh, like Pat. the opposite of jazz, I guess. She's but the it was one who was like, telling Buffy what's what. No, Buffy got, you know, deep end of the ocean to her mom. And so Pat, you know, confronts her about it a little bit. And it's like super passive, but like, I, I don't know. I, I'm, my point is not Pat's character is on trial. I just like the way that it, for, not her complete character. I like the way that she approached the problem, which is like, hey, no, tell me what's really going on. Like a little bit more of a direct route. And I think Giles has a special enough relationship with Buffy that he could be more direct with her and say like, hey, you need to talk to me about what's going on with Angel. Like, what happened? Because, uh, you know, it's a distraction for you. Like, you need to move on. Like, that guy's in hell. Like, it's over. I mean, I, I don't know. There's some... It is weird, though, because, like, to have that kind of emotional involvement, that's really something that should come from Willow and not Giles. But because Willow is so alienated right now, she can't be that person for her. Wow. So Willow's just so wrapped up in her own life. Yeah, with Oz making out. Yeah, I mean, it makes uh, sense. Willow's also a kid. I don't know. Like... Versus Giles as an adult. I mean, trying to compare it to like, let's say, you know, I mean, you know, you're in high school and a loved one dies and your parent wants you to talk about it. And they're like, hey, uh, like, what are they, how are they going to get that information from you? You know, my parents, you know, I don't think they would even dig in. So, because they're like, uh, we all process that stuff differently. And like, I don't think my parents ever, I mean, I guess that's where it's like, cool, let's just, uh, let's all eat. Let's all eat a lot of food. Yeah. And uh, toast to the, toast to the deceased and uh, hold each other a little bit longer. <laughs> have, a, have a nice glass of schnapps to those who aren't here anymore. Yeah. That's oh. a really good question. That is a really good deep question, Dennis. I, don't I just know. feel like there's so many other ways for Giles to have approached the subject than doing this weird ruse. I mean, the word ruse like makes good television, I guess because they could call back to it and it doesn't make any sense. And, but I don't know. I prefer my Giles, you know, when he's just sort of like, when Buffy's like, lie to me, you know, episode, you know, lie to me. So, I mean, that's yeah. just, I mean, well, he's lying to her. He's lying to her. He yeah. knows. He asked for no, she just, the lies. Or when he's like, when he's like, when I was, I, I was like, or, or, you know, it's like, I know what it's like to be a 16 year old girl. And she's like, you don't know that. It's like, well, you're right. I don't. Or I don't know when, when he's a lot more honest or when he tells Buffy how he thought he wasn't going to be a watcher. He's going to be a fighter pilot. I don't know. That always was easier than this. This was, you know, it was just different. I just feel like there were other ways to have done it. 
which would have been less reprehensible. Is it reprehensible? Wow. I don't know. I, don't I, know. I feel like what it's doing is it, it's giving Buffy the opportunity to say what's bothering her without like pressuring her t- for it to be about the emotion of it. Right. Yeah. But without it's it being harassing because like, she's like angel dot, dot, dot sword. I mean, that's actually the, one of the best um, like physical humor in the whole episode. She's like a Kothla, Kothla angel me sword. It's, it's great visual humor actually. So the fact that that exists, I'll get, I'll, maybe I'll lay off the questioning because it was like my favorite part of the episode when she does that little those pantomimes. I agree with Dennis. I don't think it's reprehensible. It's just like, it's, I don't like indirectness in life. So it's challenging. I mean, I say that and I probably do more indirect stuff. I mean, just like, BS lying about something. Like don't BS lie that this is important and it's not actually important. I don't know. I'm coming around on it. Maybe it's, a, it's kind of a good, it's a good friend thing to do that no one's doing for Buffy right now. Yeah. I guess that's the thing to me is that nobody, everybody else just wants B to move on. Right. Which like she killed her boyfriend like three months ago. Um, like that's not that long a time. Right. And he's the only one who's in an indirect way, like trying to get her to still talk about it and process these events. Right. Everyone else basically just wants to like not have that happen, have had it happened. Uh, except for Cordelia, who likes making jokes about it. I mean, Cordelia totally processed it because in the opening scene, she's like, oh, don't bring up Angel. Oh, because he was her boyfriend, but then turned to a big creep and then tried to kill everyone. So he had to be put down by a dog. <laughs> I mean, Cordelia <laughs> really nails it. I mean, that's why I love Cordelia, man. She's great. Yeah. Right. She's no, the sorry, direct she's no nonsense. Cordelia Chase is no nonsense. She's a little bit of odd nonsense like when she was like um does anyone believe that's her real hair color like i don't i, I kind of so do for that actress <laughs> like, that wrote that line because that, that line is insane because that's not that's not the criticism of faith because i think that his faith's real i think that is elijah Dusku's real hair color yeah i but feel like a, a lot of the times the show writes weird comments either about cordy or for cordy they're like were written before the makeup was planned and stuff, and then they just don't change it. Like when she, when Xander was like, "Wear something slutty," er, it's like she's not wearing anything slutty right then. They could have changed that line or changed her dress. Uh, it's, you know, it is kind of funny. Like, because when you're writing, you're not like seeing the characters in costume. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, it's really hard to do like physical put downs, and maybe that was the best they could come up with on set. But I would, I would have gone, you know, I would have if I was Cordelia. The character I would have written it something like, "Does anyone believe she owns she she doesn't own or was it she owns shirts with um, sleeves or something?" Because like it always seems like she's revealing a lot of skin or like mm-hmm. make a joke about bare midriffs. I don't know. I would have made like a different joke, but I wouldn't have gone for the haircut because it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> totally random Cordelia attack. Yeah, uh, Cordelia, she's awesome. I don't know. Giles is a really sweet guy. I don't know. I think I'm I'm coming around to liking that that style. But it's not the style I would go for. I don't like it in life, but as a narrative thing, it's good. I don't think I would be totally... I think I would be suspicious of anybody asking me to tell that kind of information too. Like, because that's... Right. If someone was asking me something like about how I felt when something happened or like what happened, 
you know, like that's very much like police procedural kind of question. Uh, no, it's good. It's good. <clears throat> All, right. All right. Uh, kill count. Yep. Let's do it. Uh, I counted three dead humans and six dead vamps. So pretty high kill count season three, starting off with higher kill counts than season two and one. Oh yeah. Especially for that uh, zombie episode, right? Yes. Last yeah. week's episode. That was a high slaughter. Uh, for recommendations. Um, <laughs> I think I'm just really hung up on this faith wrestling a gator thing. Cause I recommend the movie gator bait with Claudia Jennings. Um, it's like a Cajun exploitation movie. Um, it's pretty fun. Uh, gator bait? Yeah, gator bait. Uh, and I also am going to recommend um, Detour and Pandora's Box, which are two older movies, uh, just because I feel like those are the kind of like, they're kind of femme fatale character movies, and that's maybe like the kind of disruptive character that Faith maybe is as we step, as she enters. Um so, uh, and Travis, do you want to recommend single white female? Yes. I'm going to recommend single white female. It will help you understand this episode of Buffy, one episode of psych, the TV series, and one episode of crazy ex-girlfriend. <laughs> I feel like that's like a really insanely solid prediction or an insanely solid, uh, uh recommendation. Uh, one episode of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? Yeah. A Good. specific one or just watch one episode? One episode, there's a very single white female episode. Dennis, could you repeat your recommendations again? It was Gator Bait. What else? Detour. Uh, detour. Okay. Um, Which detour? The 1945 box. detour? Yeah, the 1945 one. Or 1945, okay. 45, yeah. And then which other one? Uh, Pandora's Box. Okay. Okay, this one also, there's a 1929 one, that one? Yeah. Wow. Man, your, your film knowledge is amazing sometimes. I'm so, like, I'm shocked how deep what it goes. About my knowledge of TV? Uh, your TV <laughs> knowledge is pretty insane as well. Um, uh, but I, your knowledge is really specific. <laughs> it's specific and related to the cast of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which is great. It's really, you've honed in on a certain uh, actors and know exactly what they're up to. Dennis just pulls films that are, he just pulled films that's almost a hundred years old as a recommendation for a show that is 25 years old. Very cool. I also don't have a way of including TV recommendations in this list. <laughs> we should, yeah, there should be a way of doing that. Yeah. Like you should be able to recommend specific episodes of a show. And I don't think there's an easy way to do that. It's like, no, no, just watch all of this show. Well, I've, I've recommended specific episodes in the past. You just can't oh, that list. Totally. I just can't update yeah, them. Can't I can't them. add them to the letterbox list. That's okay. Whatever. It's TV. Movies are all that matter to letterboxed. Well, okay. Right. Well, th- I think we're, uh, whoops. <laughs> Let me just knock over microphone. Uh, cool. I think we're at the end of the episode here. We would do predictions, but uh, clearly Landis isn't here and he's the main maintainer of the predictions. Um, it's actually a private so, file that I can't so access. Save what you have. Cause I feel like you have some predictions for this episode and we'll do it next week. Right? Yeah. So I just, I need to make some predictions around angel, but basically, um, 
I think that Angel and Faith are going to get together. Angel's going to complicate Buffy's life. Um, I'm sure with the right questioning, I would go into more detail about that. Spike is on his way back too. We're going to bring back a lot of fun characters. There's going to be a lot of crazy adventures in season three. Uh, I like, I'm I'm sure we're going to see more of this uh, supposed watcher retreat. Uh, That has to be resolved because that's insane, but I don't know how, but uh, clearly. I think you do have a, like, we'll learn more about the watchers council prediction, right? Watchers council. Nope. Just the retreat, my friend. Uh, no, I so, earlier. Although I guess maybe I just threw some info your way. Oh, so Watchers Council, eh? Yes, we will learn about the Watchers Council. Uh, but I'm curious why Giles is not an important Watcher. <laughs> that needs to get resolved. We should make you guess about the new Watcher, right? The dead Watcher? No, the new one, because I think remember at the end of the episode, we said Faith will remain here. Oh, until she gets a new Watcher. So why don't you predict a new watcher? What will the new watcher be like? Well, it's got to be the opposite of Giles because Faith is the opposite of Buffy. So okay. it'll be someone cool and hip and maybe a little bit too young for this job or someone really old and out of touch <laughs> from another dimension. So if Faith is going to be, if based on your reaction, I'm going to say the old out of touch person will be a watcher. Like... Um, someone who's more similar in style of acting to the judge in season two, just like a big, like <laughs> that's cool. cool. What if it is Brian Thompson again? And they just keep bringing him back for different. <laughs> That'd be so good. <laughs> like they make him wear a bald cap or something. <laughs> this I mean, player has no emotions. Jeez. He's not going to be a lovable type it'll be the it'll be a less lovable character giles is great it'll be no one could replace giles it's just going to be a bad a bad actor who's going to be a bit like a bit actor like a genre actor who'll come in and be like faith we need to work harder on slaying vampires Hmm. Mm. oh my god what weapons are available for us to use is he german no i don't know he's just a jerk That way we All can have German accents. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> where are the weapons? I think maybe. Well, it's in the UK. Did you know, know. Uh, Eliza Dushku played um, Schwarzenegger's daughter in True Lies? No. Oh, Whoa. Yeah. That'd be fun to rewatch and see. So, so that hit really close to home, that impression, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> the German? Faith, I am your watcher and your father. Get to the chopper. Is this going to make me rewatch True Lies? Because I'll do it. <laughs> well, we I didn't recommend watch- any of uh, Faith's or Eliza Dushku's uh, actual like- filmography. I know we haven't talked about that because feels like that just gives out a lot of information. And we got a long time to talk about it. Yeah, like a long, long time. <laughs> Awesome. All right. Well, uh, we have a YouTube channel where you can watch uh, the video version of Buffy Virgin. If you can't tell our voices apart, it's highly recommended. Just watch for a few minutes. And you'll get a sense of uh, who's who uh, and what you know, can connect a voice to a face. I find that's always really helpful uh, for any podcast I listen to. Seeing you, can, prof- you can watch when I uh, mute my microphone because I'm wincing in pain. <laughs> right. Or when a dog appears. I mean, there's just yeah. so many adventures that happen 
behind the scenes that you don't see if you only tune in for the audio version of this podcast. Uh, we're also on Instagram, and so you can catch all the amazing uh, drawings, monster drawings, character drawings. There's an amazing drawing of Faith uh, from the alligator scene. So it's an imagined scene based on the stuff that happened in this episode. It's really fun that Dennis drew. And uh, we're also on Facebook where we update uh, occasionally with the, you know, just links to these other things. We really need to turn Facebook around, make it a more fun place to hang out, guys. But anyway, I Facebook on it uh, this morning, I think. Oh, awesome. Uh, but we're all there. So if you comment on anything on Facebook, you know, Dennis or I will probably respond within a few minutes. It's crazy how connected we are to that Facebook page. Um, Travis is not. Travis is not. You're not to get in touch with Travis. It's a, you have to go through uh, Dennis or myself. Mm-hmm. If you have any burning questions for Travis, it's highly recommended that you reach out to me on Twitter at Michael Poley, and I'll I'll, I'll get in touch with Travis uh, personally through his our private G chats. That's just how I get in touch with Travis. Uh, we've got this letterbox list, which is a list of, you know, getting close to a hundred films of recommend movies to watch. If you like Buffy, especially now we're getting into, you know, the Halloween times when everybody wants to watch horror movies. These are great recommendations, but you know, you can of course watch them year round. Uh, there's Twitter. Gosh. And, uh, this, uh, famous monsters event that's coming up where there may or may not be a Buffy panel. Stay tuned. There for will that. be. I there think will it's be. official. Yeah. We're oh. going to do a Buffy panel. Me and Mike, right? Yeah, no, I'm coming to Famous Monsters Conference. Uh, I'll be in the Artist Alley with Dennis. And uh, we should have some Buffy Virgin merchandise available at that point. Some t-shirts and stickers is what I'm hoping to have finished by then. Uh, I'm going to get the t-shirts printed locally and stickers as well. So of, I think, just Buffy characters, heroes, and villains. So we'll see how that goes. 